0: Welcome, everyone, to Anarchy in... Space is the place for lovers. <laughs> Welcome to Anarchy in Space. This is episode number 18. One eight. We're talking about episode eight of season two of The Expanse. I am Nikki P here, as always, with my co host. Eric the Red. Yes. <laughs> and I'm tripping them up there because they're going to be like, if this is the first episode, Eric the Red. And then if they're nah. every other episode, yeah. they're going to be like, who the hell is Eric the Red?
1: <laughs> that was Eric Heiler. Why do you know so many Erics? I know. It was the late 70s. We are all over the place. That and Jennifer. So uh,
0: is it possible to like know Jennifer and not think of her as a stripper?
1: <clears throat> uh, Sure. I, I know several that aren't.
0: I, I, you could say that. I assume they all are, even if you know them that aren't. Hmm. Like, I'm thinking they just haven't reached that point in their life yet. Oh, okay. Shit hasn't gotten so bad that they have to have to give in to what their natural human inclination is as a stripper.
1: I, I even know a Jennifer that has a Y in her name instead of the E at the end. A Jennifer? Yeah.
0: Or is it Jen Iffer?
1: Yeah, it's like Jen, and then it's uh, a Y for the F-E-R part. So it's just FYR
0: okay now I have to ask this question um, white or black
1: <laughs> uh, whiter than I am I would have to assume
0: yeah but you're black so of course she is <laughs> you're, you're my
1: you' my, my Coco brother <laughs> I am a quarter Sicilian so that I guess that is possible See, I
0: mean, I don't have the Sicilian thing where are the other people? Oh, regular Italian? We're the, uh, we're Naples people. Oh, Napleton. I gotcha. So, well, this episode, I I had so many feelings while watching it. I'm not sure if that's because I was listening to a couple recent episodes of Part of the Problem before I got into it. Uh Uh-oh. You know how Dave Smith makes me feel about things. (laughs) Generally, it just makes me...
1: Yell and be angry, but well, you know he is the most consistent motherfucker you know,
0: uh, and that's the thing that really gets me is because the <laughs> good, good Lord is he not so <laughs> we're we're here, episode number eight, and I like the choice to start us off in a completely foreign place, yeah. And they they all of a sudden we got some crazy Asian dude. Yeah, who's looking at plants and shit, and
1: it kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, is this Mao? Because when you first come into it, you know how all Asians look alike and everything. So <laughs> it's terrible.
0: I know. It, 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 well, it could have been Mao in the past, or was it like you know maybe some other Mao? Is it Mao's brother? Who was it? Some guy who's creeping on Mao's daughter? We don't know who that little Asian girl he was like ogling in the beginning was. Right? Is, are his intentions good? Is this like a fatherly love that he's showing, or is this like a creepy "I've got an ice cream van" kind of love? Mm. We don't know. Yeah, but we find out pretty soon. And what we find out is that well, that that giant mirror that landed on Ganymede Station and blew the blew a giant hole in uh, Bobby Draper's world. Yep. Apparently, blew big holes in everybody else's world.
1: Yeah, almost literally fell on Bobby Draper, so.
0: And it definitely fell on this dude. Yeah. Because after that point, you'd see that giant scar on the left side of his head.
1: Yeah, he had uh, a pretty good uh, little uh, gash going on that they had to staple shut. As they said, they had to uh,
0: put him in a coma, keep him alive. And so next thing you know, he wakes up on a pile of bodies.
1: Never how you really want to wake up is on a pile of bloody bodies. You know, Okay,
0: I'm glad you added the bloody part, because waking up on a pile of bodies is generally how I wish I was waking up every
1: day. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, then it's like, oh, I must have had the good stuff last night. Where? Oh, that's that's what that is. (laughs) So, it's
0: an interesting place to put us. We're seeing, they're kind of broadening our horizons. Like, they were very, very insular the first season. Yeah. And how many people we got to know and where they all fell into the plot. They've been very good, I feel, in this season about kind of giving us these threads. You don't
1: really know where they're all going to lead. Yeah. So. showing a little more of what's happening on the periphery of everything else
0: and i think that the reason they're doing that is so that you can get a chance to slowly build the world up bigger because like they gave us this awesome world that we've done a very little exploration of you know we're right we've kept very tight to this proto molecule shit we haven't gotten out, out beside that too much and maybe this is a different story it's part of the same story we don't know yet so we don't know much about this guy other than he's looking at some plants and looking at some little girl, and then all of a sudden he's a refugee on a refugee ship.
1: Yeah, and for those of us keeping up, it's the uh, Ganymede refugee because he was a farmer on Ganymede.
0: So you uh, do we want to move along in the show, or do we want to kind of follow this guy to his little his little story arc? Uh,
1: it'll come back to him because this episode seems to revolve around him quite a bit. So
0: It, it does. All right, so after that, I'm trying to think we is it move up to fred johnson or is it move up to oh this is a it moves to fred johnson
1: talking to diogo right yeah i think they're trying to figure out what happened with anderson dawes and how he was able to give him the slip and then uh holding comes in he's like who the hell runs security on this place starting to shit with kamina yeah but she's like that's me and he's like well you've either got no control over your amend or you suck at your job so.
0: Yeah, and she's not happy about that.
1: No, no, no. I wouldn't be happy with that either.
0: And I think I isn't that interrupted by a dispatch from Dawes who's calling out Fred Johnson saying, "Look, I tried my best to teach you how to be a good belter. Yep. You know, and I found you you were a sad pathetic man, but you 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 you've you've still fallen. You're you're not you're not really understanding what it means to be a belter." Yep. You can't you can't keep this leverage against them to yourself. You have to give it to all the belters, which is why I'm taking what what you were the secrets you were trying to hide from us and now I'm giving them to all the belt people
1: yeah he was uh very adamant that he stolen uh, his secret and of course this uh makes its way down into the uh the hull of Tycho station where i guess some other belters were uh listening in
0: black sky I believe, yeah uh, the particular
1: faction that's in there
0: now the thing that is gonna be the high high drama in this episode is that there's a lot of people with secrets going on. Technically, this is outing a secret that Holden knew that he never let Naomi knew. And personally, I think his, like, approach to he was kind of benevolent on it. Like, he wasn't he wasn't ill-meaning at all. But throughout this whole thing, Naomi is constantly headed back to check on her secret. Yeah. Which is that she never set the, the protomolecule in the sun. Not all of it. She pretended to. Right. And so that, that sample is still someplace else.
1: Yeah, she was a little upset that Holden had... uh Kept a little secret, and he was trying to say, "Well, I didn't have time to tell you because we had too much other important stuff going on."
0: And there's honestly um, an amount of truth to what he said. The problem is, is that she knowingly is preventing him from knowing about. Like, I, I think as time goes on, you're going to see it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> like, yeah, um, to a, to a degree, you know, Fred Johnson's right when he says, "Look, this genie's out of the fucking bottle," and apparently, like. If we thought that was the only sample, maybe we could destroy it. That was something. But if it's out, it's out. and Whoever can get as much information as they can on it is going to be the winner in all this. Yeah. Like that's where we need to operate from. So from there, we kind of, like we see Alex is really getting involved with the refugees. Yeah. We see Asian dude in the middle of their, oh, this is the, the rough stuff. In the middle of the trip, You know, they they talk about the economics of refugees, and it's like not worth keeping them. Like,
1: yeah, and trying to make a utilitarian argument for them. Yeah, you know, they're not profitable. So one thing that happens
0: is the uh, the ship is all of a sudden here. Okay, well, all of the inners you're going to come here. We're putting you on a ship, and you're going to go back to the inner belt. Belters can stay out here. Well, he tries to get on the ship with the Earthers or belt or the uh, the inners. Yeah. And, the, the God, the the time that they draw that moment out, like where he thinks he's watching a friend be...
1: Yeah, is going to go back home to Earth or Mars or whatever.
0: Yes. And, you know, they wouldn't let him. They, they made sure he stayed. And so he's just sitting there watching as he thinks the ship's going to pull away. Yeah. And then watches as the they open the airlock and they all die. Yeah. So he literally watches the, his friend die slowly and painfully in front of him. And, you know, the, the guy who stopped him from going on is like, no. It's like be be happy, you know. It's not the same as it used to be. We're getting ours, you know. Yeah. The the prejudice for against the Earthers is is, is reaching a fever pitch.
1: Yeah, I definitely would say so. If you're gonna go that far, where you're just gonna murder a dozen people.
0: Yeah. Just uh, fuck them. They're from. They're from the inner. Yeah. We don't want. We don't want them. Everything they touch turns to shit. So that we're getting, we're kicking them out. So the whole time I'm watching that, it kind of uh, it, it was making me feel some sort of ways about a lot of the bullshit that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. As far as like uh, the race in America or race, the race issue, and uh, I'm of a mind that focusing on it and paying attention to it can't do anything good. I, I don't think there's any way that quote-unquote, white people could make up for what they did to black people in America. There, there is no making up for it. And to continue the war the way that they want to continue it, I guess, if you're going to say there's the, the races, uh, you're going to be in a position where you have to try and make people be accountable for all of the sins of their past. And that doesn't work because it's only going to breed resentment. It's going to create backlash. This, like, What happened to those people on that ship? Is backlash. Yeah. It's backlash for history. Those people had nothing to do with what happened. They're just fucking scientists that wanted to help further humanity.
1: Yeah. Literally trying to grow the food.
0: Yeah. You can understand the anger that Belder's feel in this situation because they're fucking right to feel angry. They've been disenfranchised. They've been fucked over left and right by people. Yeah. The problem is, is that all this does is cr- create a constant adversarial position where they're going to fight forever. There's no way to win. You can never make up for the sins of the past.
1: It's just not something that can be done. We call it manichaeism. It's uh, basically, well, they're the other and they're evil.
0: And it just, you know, it really highlights what I see happening in America right now. Or It's like, well, I'm white, so I have to make up for everything in the past. Well, yeah, I don't have anything to do with that. And even if I did, all you're going to do, like, even if even if I agreed with you, you're going to piss off people, and then you're going to create backlash, and then you're going to force the. At a certain point in any war, the only winning is to you. They either have to wipe us all off the map, and do not think for a minute that I'm not going to go. I'm going to go without fighting. I'm I'm not going to walk off that fucking cliff myself. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, that's for that's for that's for sure. I mean, I myself am not personally responsible for it, so trying to
0: and, and and it's something you don't I mean I don't it's I personally understand like the 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 vitriol that people have about this stuff my my big thing is that both the only winning is both sides putting down their arms and saying enough's enough
1: yeah we just be better than the previous generation yeah
0: like we have to be better people like I I get it and i I also understand what me saying that from my perspective you know sounds like somebody else is like oh you're just saying that because you don't want to lose I'm like well. Oh. <laughs> I'm still not convinced we're going to lose. There's are still fucking outnumber people, right? <laughs> so it's <this> right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'm of the same mind about the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, there was a lot of shitty things done in the name of that holiday. And so, you know, just, I mean, try to take it back for something else. Yeah. Going forward.
0: I mean, I, I guess I, I probably have a more vested interest in some aspects of the race issue because I'm I'm frankly pretty pretty goddamn scared about what that means for me and my family. Yeah, Moving forward, you know, are, are my wife and daughter are going to be per- personally considered race traders for the rest of their lives, you know, shit like that. Yeah, and that that, that concerns me. Uh, not to get too off topic and off the expanse, it just it was the it was the big thing that was really on my mind when I'm watching the way there's.
1: Yeah, it kind of jumps out on you on, on this episode.
0: Yeah, the, and and that's something that they haven't really dealt with until this point is refugees. Yeah, in this system, it's not something like you know that it's got to be there because it's everywhere. As long as there's a people and a tribe that claim a place, you're going to have that. But, you know, in this case, we're not dealing with countries. We're dealing with ships and we're dealing with planets. You're not used to thinking of people kind of being cut off from their homes and their lands. <sighs> you know, basically, this doctor was just kind of... The factory where he works at doesn't exist anymore. Well, it happens to be the factory he, he works at is a fucking asteroid, you know? yeah, It's not like he can just... Go take the driver's car and go back home and figure it out like refugeeism is a very different thing in a world that's so you know
1: work functions the way that this world does
0: i I thought that was a really interesting point to to look at
1: well even after they all arrived up on Tycho, I mean the security chief goes and tells Fred Johnson and it was like, yeah, we just have thirty five hundred people here, and this station wasn't designed for it.
0: Well, and that's it. Like we were talking at work the other day about uh, sci-fi and like what makes sci-fi. And to me, like the thing that defines sci-fi versus another form of film is that the science has to be integral to what's going on.
1: Yeah, and it's got to be somewhat believable.
0: Well, and 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 you know they they there's always that sense of tension in this world that anytime people are moving around, like there has to be a reason, like a reason there has to be resources that change hands. Yeah, and part of like the. The uh, Nante getting in good with Fred Johnson and Tycho is that basically they have unlimited supplies f- as far as they're concerned. Now, granted, yeah, Tycho's station doesn't have unlimited supplies, so you start having huge influxes of people that makes a difference. You know, eight people, what the hell's that matter? You know, you can live off of the, the company dole for a while, yeah. And ooh, that's kind of where this episode actually ends is where Fred Johnson says, Look, if you pull out of here and you don't bring me back whatever it is you find on that fucking station. You're not welcome here anymore. Yeah. I'm cut I'm cutting you off. Like you're there'll be no refuge. Like I'm not going to protect you from the factions. I'm not going to protect you from the the inners. There's not going to be any more free food, free liquor, free gas, like free repairs. Like it's just it's over.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much told them, it, yeah, if you leave, you know, don't bother coming back. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's an important thing like because out out in that part of the world if you Fred Johnson like people like this is this is why the the factions and stuff kind of get super important. And later on in the series, it'll be even more important. You have, uh, out there, you you have to have the protection of the, like, well, I guess it, we it, we would talk about, you know, getting down decentralization, people forming their own little societies and stuff like that. And you kind of are at the whim of the people who you who choose to take you in out there. And if Fred Johnson's on, because if it's not him, where else are you going to get a gas? Where else are you going to get it? But, yeah. A lot of people will say, oh, you anarchists, you just believe in this utopia. Or blah, blah, blah I'm like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we, but we believe in decentralizing and laying blame and responsibility where it b- belongs. Yeah.
1: That's the more important thing. Nothing utopian about it.
0: I, I do not think all of the world's problems are going to be fixed. But I think that the people responsible for those problems have a better chance of having to deal with them yeah. than a, like being able to spread load those out amongst society at large.
1: Yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, for me, like anarchy isn't going to work more for more than ten thousand people, you know, because I think it's going to be a very small group.
0: Well, I think in, invariably that's how people's brains function. Like we're not good at like having huge groups. I think that if you accept the non-aggression principle, yeah, like, you know, you, you the humanity as a whole, if that's the only rule that we all agree on, yeah, like I think it's a good start. Like if we can all just agree on one fucking rule, we don't we don't attack people who don't attack us openly, then we're all pretty good. Yeah, well, you, we can figure most of the other shit out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you even see that in that goofy little meme with the uh, the sign at the restaurant that says, look, if we all just promise to be cool. Pretty much. And everyone gets a good chuckle out of that because they kind of realize it in the back of their mind. It's like, yeah, yeah.
0: So during the course of this episode, we see Amos being real weird.
1: Yeah, I think that last little thing where the little kid looked at him as a monster when he was trying to keep the lady from taking the second share after it fell to the ground kind of shook him up a little bit.
0: You know, at first, like, and they really played it up. We don't know what happened. Did he go and get the procedure? Is it, uh or is he kind of just dealing with some own internal stuff? You know, he kind of, they kind of play it off like, well, did he or didn't he? You know, he's the way he's acting with yeah. Alex is very, you know, detached and it's kind of like that other guy acted. So maybe, you know, um a lot, a couple things come out. Number one, he calls Alex out on, you know, Alex is trying to say, well, why won't you do things to help people, you know? And he points out to Alex, Alex, you won't even help your family. Like, they're out on Mars and...
1: Yeah. So how about the family you left on Mars? They're right there.
0: Yeah, you're out here fucking gallivanting around the uh, the universe and what about them? You can't even help them. Who the fuck are you to tell me about this shit? Yeah. To which, you know, he then almost kills Alex over. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very close. Because Alex gets in his face about, it's like, how dare you do that to me? And then he's like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to kill you because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm Amos. At which point, Amos kind of... Takes a minute, levels out, and he's like, but if I kill you, who's going
1: to drive the ship? Yeah, he has that little moment of, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't get rid of you. You're the pilot.
0: Yeah, and so, which lends it to the idea that he went and had the procedure. I I am still not entirely sure. I don't know that it, if he had it, and it just wears off by the end of the episode, or what? Because he said it's not permanent.
1: Yeah, it's only permanent if you choose to make it. Yeah. I think it was the way Cortazar put it.
0: Now, you can see that there's an episode where he's looking up that woman, who raised him.
1: Yeah, that was right before uh, the other guy barged in on him and was asking why he wasn't helping.
0: Yeah, that's before Alex came yeah. in and fucked with him. Um, so. What was her name? Like I, Miranda Ludolph or whatever? I, I can't remember exactly. She's essentially, I believe she's a pimp down in
1: Maryland. Yeah. Baltimore of all places. Yuck.
0: Yes. Well, you're, you're going to, I'm going to warn you, you're going to get to see some of Baltimore later on in the series. Oh my God. Yeah, Baltimore is still a place.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's still a thing that exists.
0: Doesn't look like much has changed, to be completely honest. <laughs> all of the shit that happens in the world,
1: Baltimore is pretty much the same. Great. Now, when the punk rock libertarians listen to this, they're all going to be up our up our asses about it.
0: <laughs> uh, as of the recording, I'll actually be on the show tonight, so they, I'll, I'll make sure I bring it up. Good. <laughs> so you know. That lends me to think. Oh no, he is he is just kind of off in some, He's off in his own thoughts right now. He's not didn't have it done. But y- you never really know.
1: Yeah, I was looking to see if he had like any new scars or bandages. I didn't see anything. So
0: well, there wouldn't be though, because you remember it's a magnetic thing. Like oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wouldn't have anything like that. It's like, and that's why that's why I thought that all the sweating oh might have been a signal because when he walks out of the place initially, he's just fucking dripping from with sweat. Yeah. and looks all
1: detached. Well, he did have a split lip, so I don't know if he had just got done with a fight or something.
0: And maybe that's yeah. it. You know, he was in there doing Amos shit, got into a fight, and was just trying to feel, maybe trying to feel alive, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, like I said, just he's my, Amos his, doing
1: Amos shit. That's how we can sum up the, every episode. He is my favorite <laughs> character because he is just <laughs> such a fucking enigma.
0: And for, like, everything you learn about him, you just, you, you, you have to kind of second guess everything you think about the character.
1: Yeah, you get nine more questions where you were trying to ask one, you know, so. <laughs> um...
0: So, what else do we have in this episode? You got the ble- the Black Sky faction uh, attempt to coup on Tycho. Yep. They shoot uh, Kamina. Yeah, right in the guts. And this is actually kind of during uh, the altercation between Alex and Amos. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh shit, someone's trying to arm them warheads from Earth. Yeah. And so they stop it and uh, eventually tell... Uh, Hey, Naomi, get the fuck up here. We got some issues. Yeah, there's some problems. And so they figure out a way to stop the coup by stealing all the oxygen to the, the bridge and then killing people. Yeah. Now, one thing I love about this scene is because, like, you know, you've got Kamina being a badass. She kind of lets on that, yeah, I used to work with Dawes and fuck that guy. Yeah. Because everyone else kind of, like, she's, a, she's clearly like a Belter's Belter, but she works with Fred Johnson. And, like, she gets shit from, you know, other Belters consistently about that. Yeah. Because to many, he's just an an interloping Earther who thinks he's for the cause, but isn't really.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how they view anybody else who comes from the Inners and wants to be a Belter. They always have that moment of skepticism that just seems to linger.
0: Well, Fred John, you say that there's skepticism, but, I mean, I feel like Holden kind of, for the most part, gets around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Fred Johnson, it's because he was the, he was, he's, you know, has the, I murdered a bunch of belters on my, yeah on my hands. Like, I think that's part of his issue. It's like, yeah, you did this. So, you know, you're kind of, you don't get to ever be clean. You always have to carry that with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's uh yeah, he's going to carry around tons of baggage with him. Mm, tons of bagels too. It's the best.
0: So <laughs> let's see here. Eventually, so they end up doing it. I, I love the fact that when they're they're walking people, like, they eventually get up there, they get all of the people conscious again, and uh, Kamina, as uh, she's walking out of the fucking room... Just executes a couple of dudes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I think it's a, a wonderful illustration about how she isn't Fred, Fred Johnson. Yeah. Like, she's a fucking belter through and through, donut and don't get it twisted. Like, she'll follow and work for Fred because he treats her well, but... She doesn't fucking play those games if she doesn't have to. Those motherfuckers shot her. They're going to die. <laughs> and so just execution style fucking puts one in both of their skulls. Both the guy who. Yeah. And even Fred
1: Johnson was like, hey. Um, yeah. It's he like, wait a minute.
0: Well, and there's a degree to which I think Fred knows that he, he needs Kamina.
1: Yeah, she kind of acts like that buffer between him and the rest of the Belters that are on board Tycho.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing. She is the only reason that anyone will take him seriously. Yeah. Because without her, like, he's just a fucking earth. Yeah. But if she's willing to follow him, that kind of lends some credibility, you know, some authenticity to him. Yeah. I guess, so, is is there anything else that uh, we kind of skipped over before we get to, like, that final
1: scene? Trying to think. Uh, They find, uh, Holden and Naomi find uh, the guy, uh, May. Yeah. Yeah, they find the doctor. Yeah, Meng. Yeah, Praxadect Meng. May is his daughter. Yeah, May is his daughter. Yeah, I was trying to f- remember what his name was.
0: So they're trying to find out, like, well, we want, we need to get information. What's the connection here? And so they find a connection. They find they they narrow it down to a doctor. Yeah, um, who works for Protogen Industries that also was on the uh, on Ganymede. And they find this guy with just a bunch of fucking doctorates, like, you know, yeah. genetics, uh, fucking bio, bioengineering and shit like that. And then they, they look at his profession yeah. on the ship and they find a… Pediatrician. Yeah, pedi- <laughs> Wait, why the fuck is this, why is a guy with like all these degrees in genetics and bioengineering a pediatrician?
1: Wasting his time with on a- children's Tylenol all day long. <laughs> exactly.
0: And so something doesn't smell right. And he's got that protogen tie. So now they're, they're trying to find, well, is there any connection we can find to somebody there the, we can, you know, from the people that were on there who was listed as surviving? And what they end up finding is they find the, our botanist friend, Mr. Ming, who is uh, on Tycho Station. Yep. And so they're going to utilize him to try and track down his daughter that he thought was dead. As it turns out, the pediatrician seemed to be seemed to leave with the daughter about an hour before the shit happened.
1: Yeah, indicating that he kind of knew something. Yes.
0: <laughs> and so now they take the doctor on, they bring him on the ship. It's a very interesting moment, uh, at the end. And I think it's designed to be like the it's designed to be the no. Amos didn't have this done, or at least it didn't stick. If he did, yeah. Where you know he's listening to the doctor, you know, and, and he's like, "Well, is this how you treat all of your guests? Like, you're not a guest, bro. Like you're 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 a guide." Yeah. And he's like, "Only pause." He's like, "But I will say, you know, uh, Naomi told me about your predicament, and that's a good reason to do something." You know. Yeah. And him being able to kind of de- make a decision between like good and bad is, I think, the the moment. Oh, okay. Well, whatever happened, if you did take it, it, it wear it off. Yeah. You know, we're getting some kind of humanity left in him right now. But uh, that's that whole episode. You're just not sure how much humanity is left in Amos. Yeah,
1: Uh, there's something... Deep inside, maybe, and it comes out every once in a while, you know? Well, I think it's the inhumanity that, that pops out more than anything. Yeah.
0: Like it, I think he is a genuinely human person. He's just capable of detachment that most people aren't. And when it happens, it's it's just such an egregious detachment that, like, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what to make of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he runs around completely detached. Like, he clearly has interest in, like, human things. Like, he likes to fuck. He likes to drink, so...
1: Yeah. Those are, seem very human to me. O- occasionally, he laughs at jokes. so <laughs>
0: Sometimes the ones that you don't even get. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, they end up finding him. He's trying to, when he first gets to the station, I don't know if we mentioned it, like he's trying to convince that woman to, oh, the ship I came on, they spaced a bunch of people. And she looks t- mortified, but she's like, what the fuck can I do? You can't even remember the ship you were on. Like, I, I, I can't do anything. Yes, that's a crime. They should be punished, but how? How?
1: there's like nothing i can do about it right now yeah
0: yeah like i it's uh, it's a rough moment you know to see people do awful things and then see justice not be able to be happened but i mean that's like the fog of war moment you know there's just, yeah when this chaos what the fuck do you do how do you how do you really know what really happened that kind of shit yeah so which brings us to i think the the last moment in the episode which is Holden on the phone with fred johnson yeah. Where Fred Johnson tells him, hey, I'm going to cut you off if you don't fucking bring me back when I want you to bring me back. And he tells him, he's like, uh, you and I both know that shit changed. Yeah. And you're not the top dog right
1: now. Oh, yeah. he Holden even says, he's like, if, when we come back and if you'll be in charge, you know, it just kind of throws that out there.
0: Yeah. Like, what makes you think that like, you've we already had one coup and we had to save your ass? What makes you think you're still going to be here when we come back? Yeah. And, you know, it's... It's interesting because there's a certain amount of, uh, I just, it seems so prescient what's going on in the series. You're kind of watching all of the, all of the structures, like all of the uh, societal structures failing. Yeah. All at once. And it's hard to not kind of look out and see that as being kind of like what's going on around us in the real world right now. Like you're seeing governments everywhere just fucking up their jobs. You're seeing
1: whether it be on purpose or by accident. Yeah,
0: people leaving churches <laughs> and stuff and fucking droves. Yeah. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing the schools and stuff, giant newspapers, like, you're, we're embroiled in all of the uh, the cancel culture stuff that's going on. Like, there's just so much that's just things that have stood for a 100 years don't, don't seem like they're on firm footing anymore. Yeah. And uh, you have to wonder, I mean, I guess we're going to find out because we're in the middle of it, but how does all that fare? You know, if you have, the new generations take over everything and kind of start from scratch. There's the fear, at least in my end, that they're going to forget all the lessons that we've learned in the past, you know, hundred years.
1: Yep. It's, um, it's a tough thing. And a lot of them just want to erase history. Like it didn't happen, but, um, yeah, you, you know, like tearing down statues and everything else and, you know, trying to whitewash over certain aspects of, uh, of history that they don't want to be associated with. But, um, you know, it's a tough thing. Yeah, I don't know.
0: There's, I know it's tough because it's personal. I'm like, yeah, I kind of think all that stuff's stupid, anyways. <laughs> like, what the hell do I give a shit about your statues? Fucking tear them all
1: down.
0: That mean shit to me. But you know, it starts with
1: statues. But what happens after that? And they start burning the libraries. Yeah, yeah. Books will be after that because then they'll be unapproved.
0: You know, for me, it's like the private, the private property issues. Like, yeah, this is this is why we don't have you know commons. Yep. You know you. Get rid of the statues because, it's, you know, you're stealing from someone to make that happen. And what happens when it stops being, you know, that in your libraries, now you're stealing knowledge from people. I think that private libraries are <laughs> the, more, the more important thing. And hopefully there's enough everything, enough knowledge in private libraries out there to
1: offset damage that I anticipate will come. Yeah,
0: But then again, all of it's got to be digitized at some point here, too. So is that even really an issue?
1: Well, until they start memory-holing the digital stuff, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> uh, don't even get me started with it. Um, we'll have a moment after this where we get to discuss the, the article I just saw from Vice today. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so, why don't you give us this technicals and we'll get on out of here.
1: Okay, so Season 2, Episode 8 was uh, titled Pyre, as in Funeral Pyre. What do you think that is? Why was it called Pyre, by the way? Probably the um, results from Ganymede. If I had to make a guess, to me, I'm just.
0: I think I, I'm. I'm envisioning this episode as being like the the final nail in the coffin to the world that used to exist that doesn't anymore. Yeah. Like the you're watching the whatever the truce is between the different Belter things fall apart. You're watching them give up on the idea of peace with the Inners. Yeah. Like the the old world order, however it existed, is is gonna is gonna be dying after this point. Yeah. And that's kind of how I interpreted it.
1: Thin ice before, and then it fell through. Yeah,
0: we're just, we're, <laughs> see how the New World Order works out, right?
1: Yeah, Novus Ordo, Novus Ordo Seclorum. So, there you go.
0: Is it, or is it the New Galactic Order at this point? Hmm, the Galactic
1: Empire. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, directed by Kenneth Vint, uh, Fink, written by Robin Veith. It came out March 15th, 2017. The last episode was the worst ratings for this season. So, this uh, episode had a port uh, .460, which uh, kind of go goes up a little bit. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know what uh, sci-fi was doing during this time, but uh,
0: apparently, apparently not promoting the best show that they had on their network. I'm guessing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's that's rough, you know. But uh, yeah, so uh, next week it'll get up a little bit more than that. So, but we're about halfway through now, so we only got a few episodes left to go.
0: I vaguely remember the action picking up for the rest of the season too, from this point on. Because yeah, now we're in a now we're in a manhunt. Yes. We gotta find dollars. There's a there's a moment that I'm waiting for. Like I told Liz, I hated not being able to keep watching today because I was <laughs> so pumped for like some of the shit that's gonna be coming in the episodes. Yeah, just just think of uh, just think how important uh, chicken would be in a society like this. You know, cans of chicken.
1: Yeah, we don't really think about it too much because they're kind of all over the place down here on Earth.
0: Literally, in every group I'm in, all of my friends grow chickens.
1: So that's they they call it yard bird for a reason. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening,
0: folks. You all go out there and uh, try and make the future better than this one is uh, leading us to. Leading us to, I guess. Yep. Make it better than the expanse thinks it's going to be.
1: Definitely. <laughs> I mean, they got the UN in charge of Earth. <sighs> God,
0: sadly, it seems almost inevitable at this point, but terrifying. I know. I know. All right, everybody, peace.